environment. Welcome back to the Air Environment Podcast. She's the environmental scientist. And he's the urban pastor. And today we're talking about Aaron's favorite topics of all time. Mm, No, deepest fears. (laughs) There are two things in this world that scare me the most, and that is the depths of the ocean and outer space, which is why I've avoided talking about both. Because sci-fi relates the idea there could be aliens in both places, or I actually don't mind the concept of aliens. It's the fact that they could come here and see me. Stay in your own world. I don't like it. The widest space. You're not afraid of possibly militaristic beings coming to. I'm afraid of the militaristic beings coming here, <laughs> but I'm okay with them existing on other planets. Oh, okay. But your fear of space is. It's so dark. Big. It's it's so big and vast, and you don't really know what's in it. It's like how we don't really know what the like the deepest what lies in the deepest trenches of the ocean. It's just so dark, and we could not possibly like imagine what's there. And I don't want it. It scares me. As a scientist, you want answers, and you don't like the places where there are none. Yes. <laughs> You would not have liked last night's D&D campaign then because they're on a sci-fi campaign and they came out of a black hole and appeared outside of the universe staring at the whole universe. You would It was just pure, pure nothing. <laughs> I actually do like love science fiction, but I love the fact that it's fiction and I don't have to think about it in real life. Well... Uh, Aaron, for some reason, was like, why don't you just talk about your alien book today? So now she has to get into the conversations of space and aliens and whatnot. So have your book right here. Oh, look at that. That's the one. Alien theology. The God of two trillion galaxies, which uh, was based on an article I'd read one day. It's not that they were saying that. Not the multiverse theory. No. I do get into that in that book, but you do. Um, but I definitely thought this was a book about the multiverse theory, like when I first picked <laughs> no. it up. Nope. Uh, they they were talking about how like it's not that there's more galaxies in the universe that causes us to wonder if there's two trillion, just that how we separate galaxies now has created like larger galaxies into smaller galaxies. So. Right. When you hear stats like that, though, this idea that there might be two trillion galaxies out there, <laughs> suddenly <laughs> you start to feel very, very small. Uh, and even if you were to say, like, there's, you know, what if it's not universe? What if it is multiverse? At which point you're looking at more universes of trillions of galaxies, you know, which at some point we're just talking philosophy more than we're talking scientific yeah um i know that there are some people who have seen some scientific thoughts into multiverse what they do is i think the radiation that they sense across space or something but it still sounds like philosophy in the end um 
for me, when I look at all that, though, I'm like, two trillion galaxies, and if I believe that God's a creator, all he had interest in was this tiny little blue speck of a planet. It's not even the biggest in our own solar system. And that, that was it. That's He made two trillion galaxies worth of galaxies, <laughs> you know, <laughs> for our for our few miles of, of space in the midst of it all. So I, I'm curious, you growing up, how did the church, like, did, did aliens ever come up at church? How did they respond? That so not really, no. Like, like, like when you, when you talk about like stars and the church, like talking about like astronomy and stuff like that, they don't really, cause a lot of times that gets, uh, like, folded in the same like space as astrology which is not the same at, <laughs> no, at all so it's definitely has like a taboo around it and since like space travel is seen as such a very like stem which if you're unaware it's science technology engineering math it's such like a stem direction that like people are like no no not for us we don't belong in the stars we're supposed to be here on like the ground and I mean when you watch Star Trek a lot of like that they're like past religion at their point they, like make a point of saying oh it's not a thing anymore because we can travel the universe and like Christians are very much like no no like religion always thing I don't know that sounded weird not they just didn't enjoy the concept of that I suppose is what well, I was trying to say yeah so for some well, this is comes back to the whole when people, for some reason, view science as like anti-religion type thing. Yeah. And since space seems like so out there and perhaps like a mega search for scientific, it you know, it requires so much scientific work just to get into space <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. that it can seem anti-religious or whatever um, to to those who view science in that light, which is weird. But, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of the – I think the first time I think I ever heard it seriously come up was on a radio show mm. when I was younger. I was just driving around. It was this uh, – it was some talk show, Christian talk show host who – I was just surprised the question came up. Like, oh, wow, they're actually going to entertain this question. Mm. <laughs> Not exactly. <laughs> like, the question came up, <laughs> what do you think? Do you think there could be aliens? The guy's just like, oh, it's not in the Bible. Don't you think God would have put that in there if it was that important? <laughs> if they existed? And then, all right, next question. I was like, oh, okay. The talk show host <laughs> is smarter than me. I guess I'll just go with that, you know? Right. And Although I, I suppose love... you could argue against that, like, very easily. Yeah. And yeah. there are some spots in the Bible where if you really wanted to fight about it, you could be like, well, there's... Maybe this would be something like an ale, you know, like, <laughs> but there's no need to go there. I don't interpret any of those passages that way. Um, but when you, you know, I, I didn't like pursue the conversation very far or anything. I just like you, I love sci-fi. So I was like, yeah. I just enjoy the stories they tell. I enjoy the philosophical conundrums they put you in and, I really enjoy how sci-fi has a way of like questioning our current ethics and morality and mm -hmm. asking the question, 
you know, pulling us out of our own cultural frameworks to like put us in an yeah, alien one per se to say like, what do you think? Is this strange? What would you do? You know? Um, so uh, sci-fi for me has a lot to be valued, but you know, I didn't really care whether there were aliens or not. I've heard weird stories. We've all seen weird UFO stories or videos over time and whatnot, but nothing. Yeah. Wasn't it like last year the Pentagon like put out something that was like aliens are real? Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, when Trump first took office, someone was like, man, that guy says everything. If aliens are real, he'll probably just like tweet it, you know, the next day, like, hey, guys, found this document. <laughs> uh, so it's yeah. funny that it was like at the end of the campaign where someone said, like, hey, aliens. <laughs> um, but, uh, that that when that came out, I actually wrote an aliens article for Relevant magazine. <laughs> I was like, "Did you?" Is, yeah, and they accepted it and posted it. I was like, "This is the only time I'll ever be able to like write an aliens article for a Christian magazine." Then they'll accept it. Um, but you know, I I at least started to like wonder theologically, could they exist? You know. Why, why not? And it, it really kind of prodded me because I was up in my cabin once and we were all staring at the stars, which you can't see in the city. And we were all just kind of right. blown away by how many there are. <laughs> it's such a dumb thing to say. Uh, we're staring at the I stars. Mean, it is kind of overwhelming, though, when you're like looking at it. So, yeah, when it. you see it for like the second time in your life and you're like 30 something already, you know, Um but like it's pitch black out in the middle of nowhere. We're looking at the stars and someone's just like, so what do you think aliens? And the other person just immediately responded. No. <laughs> I was like, man, why, why is this always the church right. reaction of just like, why not entertain the thought a little bit? There's, you know? there's literally 6 billion planets in the universe that have like our earth, like planets, like there yeah. exists in that perfect distance from, that and the, they could sustain life like why is that so far-fetched <laughs> and that's that's only we only know one model of life right like we know it can work right. in this particular form so those goldilocks planets that they often i've heard called like yeah. it's not it's not too much this not too much that it's just right um we at least know maybe there but then who knows maybe there's not carbon-based life forms somewhere else you know Mars hasn't shown us that's the case yet, but until we find even a slight bacteria of, of anything. But, um, yeah, I just think with, uh, with so much out there to, to look at, to just like, pff, no, you know, like it, it, I, I just, it's my sci-fi love to be like, why not? <laughs> <laughs> but that's always been the church's reaction. Um, I don't know. Did you already hop into that book at all? I've read the whole thing I, I've several times. I read it again yesterday just to brush up. Oh, my book? This one? Yeah. Yeah, I read it yesterday in like an hour. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a short book, but... It's not wow, very long, yeah. It's a good book. So <laughs> I couldn't put it down. For an hour, and then it was over. <laughs> <laughs> Well, then, okay, so you saw at the beginning, like, it's, uh, 
um, that it was like the fourth to third Little century. Little science fiction. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like before Christ when people first started wondering about aliens. And then the church, the church refused to talk about it until like the 13th century AD. Yeah. And then it finally opened up. But like if you bring it up in 20, like in the 2000s, you know, I hear it on the radio. It's like, no, <laughs> standing out looking at the stars. No. <laughs> and it's just, it's funny to me that, uh, um, you know, 23 to 2400 years after people started wondering that we're still only at no you know (laughs) instead of instead of wondering a little bit more it does kind of amaze me because it's very natural um to question things around you i mean we spent a whole episode just talking about like that's the basis of science like asking asking a question and then talking about it and it's just a lot of the times if it's not something that we can like it, that can be known then we're like no that's ridiculous we just throw it into like cryptozoology like it's just not a thing that could exist mm-hmm. but we have no proof either way really yeah and i'm i'm not even of the uh so your cat purring i'm sorry yeah she keeps <laughs> hopping by the mic she's got problems <laughs> uh i'm her uh i'm her her, uh, emotional support human yes that's what i was gonna say how did you know that do people say that no i just i just that's exactly what i was like gonna 10 say years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah you know the question is at least there and the possibility is so wide across the universe and like theologically i do have to ask the question like why not you know like what kind of artist just like creates one times is like all right i'm out you know like right (laughs) doesn't have any concern to keep going plus we already know like when you look at the bible and you see all these different kinds of spiritual beings like we aren't the only beings in existence that there are things that live off of the earth angels you know or you look at revelation whatever half of these strange creatures are like if you saw one of those things your first thought would probably be ah alien you know like because it's alien to you it's not an earthly being um but yeah i think that that causes us to wonder like would god should god if if he made images uh imagers in the heaven heavens Mm -hmm. like angels and then made imagers on the earth like us and his plan is to change both the physical and spiritual realm to look like his kingdom and take care of it the way that that he would. If we were to, if we are supposed to take care of the earth, the environment, the way as, as God would. Right. Why would he only want that done to our little speck? Why not like across the universe until the whole thing has been modeled to image his glory so i think i think part of the reason is that christians don't want that to be true is because it somehow makes us less special yep and it like makes it less like a divine somehow and that feels less somehow but i just like i wouldn't agree with that like like we're singled out by god therefore we nothing can change that anyway like yeah as individuals not necessarily as like a the human race or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
And some of that too, I think is like, we always look at ourselves as the peak of creation. We don't want to consider the idea that there might be other peaks out there. Uh, but I think that misunderstands the fact that like, we are the peak of our particular sphere of influence, just as spiritual beings in the heavens are the peak of imagers in the heavens, you know? So like, it, we wouldn't be less of an image if we found out that there were other imagers out there. Also, just because we would find out that there is other life out there, if we ever did, that wouldn't mean that suddenly uh, they're imagers. Like imager, it's like a, a divine status from God to, to put it on a species mm -hmm. to say, when you see this thing, you should be seeing me and what I do and how I care and love and live. So like humanity, like there's not like rabbits running around like this is what God looks like. And he rabbits. Yeah, I don't know where I'm going with that one. You're saying there's not like a rabbit Jesus. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So right. yeah, that would be another thing. Like all of creation in some ways is redeemed because God is redeemed humanity who is the ones who messed up and has fallen and in the resurrection the whole earth will find its own kind of redemption so god didn't right. have to send like rabbit jesus and cow jesus and all these other ones to redeem animal by animal our whole planet will in many ways uh is groaning crying out for the um children of god to be revealed right so uh, as we are revealed as God's children, the rest of creation will benefit from that. If you were to find an alien race somewhere, uh, that does not mean that they are imagers of God because they may not have been mm -hmm. given that status. They could be scary. I don't know. Right. Maybe they're just pure carnivore V like aliens. You ever watch? Well, them? okay. So, but outside of that, there's like billions of other planets and stars in the solar system. So, why, well, if we're sufficient enough with the one for our mm -hmm. plants to photosynthesize and we can get that tasty, tasty vitamin D for our skins and do we, and the moon reflects the sun light at, at night anyway so what is the point of all the stars right yeah so like if yeah, we're talking like, like even outside of like the cosmos like mm -hmm. not that i like it definitely sounds like i'm questioning god like why'd you put stars there but also like why'd you, why'd, why'd you put stars there well yeah because we can't even see them all right right like there's so if there's two trillion galaxies and we can't see them you know, when I was younger, I remember preaching a message where I was like, God made all this stuff just for you. <laughs> you know, I'm like, wait a minute. You can't see half of this. No, he didn't. <laughs> like, well, I mean, yeah. there's light. There's stars yeah. that actually don't exist anymore that we're still seeing light they, from. They burned out a long time ago and right. speed of light has just reached us. Ghost stars. Yeah. Ghost stars. So, yeah, like with, with those kinds of questions... If they don't exist for us, is it just because God still wanted to make them? Or do they exist for something else? And that at least was like one philosopher's take back in like the early 
right first few centuries ad where it was like well what was it jupiter has moons therefore jupiter must have life you know like the assumption was jupiter must have moons to take right. care of whatever lives on jupiter and like that that's a hasty assumption you know because we know that mars is a planet it exists nothing has shown us that there's life there yet therefore just because it exists does not necessarily mean it's habitable but right but still uh but some of you were saying um triggered another thought for me uh oh um dang it catch it <laughs> it was there uh we were talking about how life may maybe could exist in in mm -hmm. different forms. And this is where I've seen pushback, even from Christians who are scientists who are willing to entertain, like, the thought of aliens. Some of them will say, <clears throat> uh, I think it was Hugh Ross when I was reading one of his books. Like, he was saying, like, uh, well, just think of how perfect our Earth is for life. Like, could you imagine, like, another planet being quite this close like you know a few degrees off and it's too hot too cold you right. know few but like everything that he then went on to describe exactly like a planet that's exactly habitable for life to exist like doesn't it kind of make sense like the other way around from like more of an evolutionary perspective like right the fact that our bodies can only handle certain levels of heat and cold, the fact that our makeup seems to match what our earth is composed of. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, you've heard the banana theory, right? Uh, I imagine I'll recognize it, but no, like, I've never heard like of when you look at the, I guess I'm the only one who calls it the banana theory, where <laughs> it's like, oh, if you look at how many folds there are in a banana, that's like how many things we have in the human hand, and so it's made to like specifically fit in a human hand and be eaten, and therefore God exists. Oh, okay. No, I yeah. haven't heard it. Uh, it's just, uh, it's kind of similar to that, where it's like, oh, this exists for us specifically as human beings. Mm -hmm. Or, like, apes. They eat bananas. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's that's just kind of, uh, you see it from the other way around, right? Like, right. someone sees a planet, they're like, well, that must exist for me, therefore life must be on planets with sorry someone sees a moon and they're like therefore there must be life on it because there's a moon someone sees a banana thinks therefore god designed this for me because it matches me right. uh, we we look at exactly the way the earth is and we're like therefore life can only exist in this function rather than looking at it the other way around to be like maybe we grew up you know evolved into what our planet's hospitality was right. uh just like uh the where they water bears where those actually called um the i know exactly what you're talking about they start with a t little uh little squirmy t things retrogrades 
Yes, tet- tardig- tardigrades. Tardigrade, not tetragrades. Yeah. Tardigrades. Yeah. So, well, like, took me a minute. <laughs> those things might as well be aliens with the specific, like, they can exist outside of earthly hospitable realms, right? You throw them in space, yeah. they they don't die. You freeze them. You can bring them back after a few decades. Like it's, they just don't get affected by the things we get affected by. So even, you know, when we're looking at things that are more of a mac- microscopic level, we realize that life really is more um, ranged than we sometimes give it credit for. So, right. I don't know. I, we always talk about putting God in a box. And I think when we get to the conversation of aliens, like we put God in a box, we're like, no, he can only make life one way, you know, and he can only do it one time. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's just, he's just decided, well, maybe all the other planets were just practice. And mm-hmm. this was the, I'm obviously kidding. That's not a thing. Um, that'd be weird. That's how we act though. Sometimes. I mean, in your book, you mentioned that, like, the Big Bang Theory itself, not the, not the TV show, the literal theorem, um, has its, like, beginnings in Christianity, mm-hmm. which is, like, I mean, I talk about this a lot because it all has, like, it's all connected, but it is interesting to think of us studying outside of our own planet and how the universe is created, like, trying to understand that was religious in its origins yeah which the church is so passionately rejected because again they come to that scientific uh understand this weird dynamic where they look at science as like satanic almost like there's that futurama episode where (laughs) professor farnsworth is getting ready to do a science experiment but they put it in like uh they put it in like an occult room with all these magic elements and like skulls and whatnot. Oh, not, yeah. not because he's about to do like evil magic, just because they're like satirically showing the world. Like this is the way we treat science half the time. Right. And that's, I think what we, what we do with that, where it's like, Ooh, big bang theory. That doesn't seem to match the way that, uh, my Bible starts. Therefore I'm not into it. And then we don't even recognize that it was, Catholic priests who came around to create <laughs> such theorems in the first place. So, uh, yeah, it was some guy, some German. No, it was just his name is George. He wasn't German. Was it, it Lemaitre? Yeah, it was Lemaitre. Yeah, he, was, he well, basically was the first one to say that the universe is still expanding today, which we know that it is, and mm-hmm. like there must have been some part where it was condensed, and he referred to called called it like a day without yesterday and that's that's the big bang theory yeah that part uh the whole idea of us expanding on that level weirds me out to think that like billions of years from now or so like if we somehow were still around like you may not even see like any stars anymore since we're from what i understand we're moving at an accelerated pace to the point that Mm-hmm. Light will not be catching up with us one day. It just be black. Well, our own our own sun has an expiration date. Um, mm-hmm. It will eventually become a large red star, and 
will I think it I think the earth is part of when it explodes the earth will be in part of that engulfment and our own planet will be eated eated galacticus yes it'll just is just part of it's it's like billions of years away like we will be yeah. like a blip a blip in the universe at that yeah. point um so it's I funny like to think about like the, the entirety of human history like compared to the entirety of the history of the universe is like this big yeah which would segue me into some other thing, but I'll stop before I just keep changing topics. <laughs> it's your book. Well, yeah. I think on the Jackson Cloud, we're going to hop into some of this too, but... Uh, yeah, I, I just know. thought it would be a nice like change of pace for once to, instead of me lecturing at you, <laughs> you got me to lecture Aaron me. by talking about space. I uh, I wrote that book because I was reading a lot of C.S. Lewis, and I... That was the first time where I was like, hey, look, an educated Christian person entertaining the themes of could there be alien life out there and right. in his fiction. But then I was reading a like thousand page book of his essays. And at one point in there, there's a bunch of like interviews he does about these books. And like he he answers very educated Ideas, questions that like I'm like, are we even allowed to answer that? You know, they're like, well, if there's aliens, could they be saved? It's like, I don't know, were they saved when Jesus saved us, or would they require their own kind of salvation? Do they even need to be saved? Maybe they never messed up in the first place. Maybe you know, we have our own Garden of Eden story. Maybe their story is completely different as to what was on the table for them. Uh, and I'm like. Oh, you can you can say these things and ask these things like this this is like my favorite C.S. Lewis paper now um, and that's what Paralandra's second book was about it was a question of he lands on Paralandra or Venus is I think what it actually was if I remember right they call it Paralandra in their native tongue and he gets there and uh, God has just started their their world and it's essentially the Garden of Eden. And the question is on the table, are they going to choose God or are they going to choose a foreign wisdom and sin? And what's even more like creative with what he does, and this is why I love sci-fi, he brings in all these extra themes. The, the snake tempting these people uh, is, is a human from Earth who has also landed there. And uh, is is like a twisted. He's allowed science to like completely take him in a different direction of sorts, right. and so he's like trying to offer all these other narratives that they could follow. And on top of that, this guy, this human, has a has a demon. <laughs> so like, it's actually like the demon is working out of this guy, <laughs> who has gone to Venus to become the new snake in their garden of Eden. You know, like that's just the right. kind of narrative that like can only be told through science fiction and really forces you to, to think outside the think box outside of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And in the first book is kind of a silent, long descriptive walk through Malacandra, which is Mars. Uh, right. So much so that I don't remember anything that happens because it's way too descriptive. And then the third one, unfortunately, I need to reread as well because it's just 
the third one's third one is mostly on earth and is like just philosophy for like this much <laughs> so i eventually lost my place as to what was going on but oh, paralandra right. paralandra paralandra that one, that, yeah that one takes the biblical themes spiritual themes scientific themes melds it all into one and then says what if think yeah what if and think and whatnot and lewis in that one paper is willing to allow that to ask all different kinds of questions. What if aliens show up and they're just straight up evil? You know, he's like, right. haven't we always known that there are evil beings in the universe? We've always called them by a different name, but perhaps that is not the case, which would segue me in the other direction of occult occultism. Right. Um, when you look at a lot of the, like, uh, occult religions around the world today they're all using spiritual techniques that would be similar to like new age and whatnot which are more or less communicating with the spiritual world and then coming and relating these messages from beings that say they're aliens mm -hmm. but like despise jesus or okay with all other religions <laughs> despise jesus blaspheme jesus want to have nothing to do with him um and preach the same kind of uh demonic themes that we've always known throughout history so when you look at all the uh spiritual ufo cults today like none of there's no science involved in any of it it's all right it's all just more or less demons knowing that modern people will listen to messages of you know, we, we relate in scientific ways. So if you had aliens come along and say, like, let us tell you about another way and offer you these other thoughts of planets beyond your own, then uh, um, that's the way that they'll work with to kind of tweak with our minds these days. So right. that's that's at the end of the book. Uh, that's a different conversation. Yeah, that's a very and long conversation. Probably not the best one for this particular podcast but yeah yeah um, i know i know today anybody who's watching or maybe listening later i know it feels kind of like a bit outside the ordinary but um not everything in science is known and it's important to talk about the stuff that we don't know uh like i can't like i can't sit here and claim that asking questions that are weird or far-fetched or okay just because it's without a logic context like we still have to ask those same questions of science and religion like we can't compartmentalize the two uh and like aliens are a concept that have like basis in science so it isn't like talking about this is not far-fetched um i mean you can like i mean you i know you agree but like listeners can disagree with me if they want but I don't disagree with myself. <laughs> That's usually a good place to be. <laughs> yeah, it's a good place to start, I feel like, the human being. <laughs> yeah. And there is nowhere in that book where I ever say there are aliens. I'm just no, more or less absolutely not. what if. You know, like waxing think, poetic on like yeah. on theories that are based in like like you did actual research for this, so it's based in some fact. And not um, just all off the top of your head. Yeah, and it was a 
it was a good experience for me and an intriguing one even for me spiritually. I felt like after reading all that C.S. Lewis stuff, like I had a dream that I wrote this book. I woke up and like I wrote down all the chapters that I could remember that I kind of covered in the book. And then I wrote the book in like a month or something. Right. And when I was done with it, I just, I was, <laughs> this isn't going to sound good for this podcast. <laughs> when I was okay. done with it, I was done with science. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done so, now. So no, neat. I, like I was like just inhaling all these science podcasts and articles at the time, like nonstop. And when I finished this book, I was like, it, it was almost like an emptying of like, this was for, for a short time. This was why I was engaged in all this stuff was almost so I could offer this thing. Right. It's not that, it's not that like, I don't still love science or I'm not investigating it, but like Aaron, I was at one point looking at college classes to go study astronomy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I was that engaged with it. And then, and then when I finished this book, I was, I was like, Huh, that that was like an emptying of what I I'm think I needed to do. I was like, I'm done. Uh, and I still engage and, and love all the topics is why we do this podcast and whatnot. But, uh, right. but it, I mean, also, it is, yeah. it is funny because like I work in conservation and a lot of times consuming stuff outside of work that has to do with the environment conservation science is really difficult for me because I spend all day of my life like doing yep. that so what i want to do at the end of the day is to not have to do that um but like this this podcast helps me to like maintain like some knowledge of what's actually happening outside of like my immediate vicinity as well as like things that i want to talk about um <laughs> but yep. i can understand when you're like and then I finished it for work, and then I didn't want to look at it again. And I'm like, yeah, that's, <laughs> I totally can relate. <laughs> it, it was just weird. Like, I, I thought, like, yeah, I'm going to get a side job in science, which I would fail at, Aaron. I can't do math. So, like, okay, it would go okay. horrible. So, <laughs> there's, like, hierarchies of difficulty based on how much math you have. I am a biologist, and there's very little math involved. Uh, so, you could definitely do this part. <laughs> I was always I, bad at chemistry. Like, don't. It's okay. Yeah. Well, from what I understand, astronomy has a lot of measuring of miles and things yes, like that. Is, so uh, it is math heavy. Yeah. So I would have failed, but like that's how into it I was. And when I was done, it's like I've. It, was, it felt like a release of what I needed to do, and that I've set a basis for my own life. That when the topic comes up, not just on aliens, actually only probably only like half this book is really on aliens. The other half is more about the church and science and how we, we have yeah. failed to embrace science. Well, uh, which we've covered most of that on our podcast. So I yeah. Was yeah. So you can all check out those episodes to get more into that, but, or if you uh, want a shortened version by Jamin's book. Woo, thanks. It's always nice when I don't have to be the one to say it. <laughs> Buy his book. Buy it. It's a good book. It's not very long. Self promotion. I, read it. I hate self promotion. But you got to because you're an author. So buy his book. Because I'm an indie author and I have no choice yet. Uh, but yeah. So, um, anyways, 
we've gotten into a bunch of general themes of the book. There's more to it. And uh, mm-hmm. I'll leave that to you guys if you want to learn more. If you want free audiobook codes, you can always reach out to me. I'll send those to you uh, that I can read it to you. I can read it to you in an audiobook form three times slower than Erin can read it by herself, which is just impressive. But I am a slow reader and a fast audiobooker, I guess. I mean, to be fair, I was brushing up yesterday, so it was a lot of like, oh, yeah, and flipping, so. Fair enough. All right, well, I've covered what I need to cover unless you wanted to go anywhere else. No, I just, like, I was, it's just, there's a couple of topics on here that we haven't talked about. One of them is evolution because you have done a podcast on that, and I thought you and Kevin covered it really well. Um, and there's no reason for me to cover something that I feel has been talked about. And the other is space and the ocean, and those scare me. <laughs> and I don't want to talk about them. So, <laughs> but you, as a human being, have have done a decent amount of research. I mean, in the book, you talk about going to like a Neil deGrasse Tyson lecture, yeah. which I would just never do because I'm like, he's going to scare me, and then I'm not going to sleep at night. So. <laughs> Yeah, he was actually a little all over the place that night. It was just like yeah. talk about whatever he wanted to talk about. So there's less about space than I expected. Well, that's but good. For you, I went to hear about space. It was a whole TV show. Watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Cosmos. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, then, I guess we'll bring today's episode to an end. If you want an audiobook, just reach out to me. I'll shoot you a code or hop on the Jackson Cloud Discord. (laughs) You can check out the Alien Theology book on Amazon. Um, Cover, which she's showing on the Facebook Live, was made by my sister-in-law at Whimsy Designs. Uh, And I believe... uh, We will be talking about this probably a little bit more on the Jackson Cloud the next few weeks. So join the Jackson Cloud Discord, jxncloud.com, and we will chat with you there. Till then, Aaron, final words? Uh, no.